Well, good morning, church. How are we doing today? It's so good to see everybody today. Just so grateful to be here. So excited to get to share the Word of God today. Um, so real quick, last week, uh, Pastor Mark made some comments during his sermon that need to be addressed, and I prayerfully thought about this all week. Um, he mentioned that UGA only had three players represented in the Super Bowl last Sunday. We had four, okay? And that's important to note. Um, Florida did have five represented. Uh, the Gators did have five represented in the Super Bowl. But, you know, there's really only two of them that really made any sort of notable contribution. Um, you know, the winning quarterback was from UGA, uh, so that's good. There, actually, there was a third that did make a contribution. Um, he, was at, he was not dressed out. I think he was injured. Um, but he still ran on the field to celebrate a touchdown, undressed in uniform, and he drew a penalty. So he wasn't dressed out to play, and he still drew a penalty. Sounds like Florida to me. Um, <laughs> so with that being said, today we're talking about imperfect family. A census taker knocked on the door of a mountain cabin in West Virginia, and a 13-year-old girl answered the door. The census taker asked, is your father here? Nope, he ain't. He'd been in jail for two years. Is your mother here? Nope, she ain't here. She ran off with a moonshiner. Do you have any older siblings I can talk to? Yep, I've got an older brother. Oh, where's he? He's at Harvard. Harvard? That's great. What's he studying? Oh, he ain't studying anything. They're studying him. <laughs> so that's funny, but imagine the census taker uh, arrives at your house, right? Um, there's a spectrum of responses that would come out of this room today. Uh, some of us are still hiding our imperfections, and I'm thankful uh, for Henry for his word today about dropping our masks. It's really a lot about what today is about. Um, we're hiding our imperfections. The mask is up. We're pretending like everything is just a-okay. We're keeping up this image, right? Um, some of us are so overwhelmed by our imperfections, we just don't even have the energy to try to pretend, right? And so we may be heavy um, and, and uh, heavy laden and heavy burdened this morning. So uh, family is a powerful force for encouragement, for development, affirmation, for growth, for love and for joy and belonging. Um, but because of the imperfect nature of humanity, for, any, for, for some of us, uh, family is the source of pain, it's the source of hurt, it's a, it's a source of disappointment, insecurity, resentment, and, uh, and fear. And so last week, Pastor Mark talked about imperfect family in regards to marriage. And today, we are talking about um, imperfect family in regards to parenting. And my aim today is not towards uh, parenting advice per se or tips and tricks. The hope this morning is to nudge us towards um, experiencing healing, towards encountering grace, uh, towards casting our heavy burdens on Jesus in regards to how we have parented or how we have been parented growing up in imperfect families and imperfect situations. So Matthew 11, verses 28 through 30 says, Come to me, all you who are weary and are carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, 
and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke, it's easy, and my burden is light. You know, there's often an interesting dichotomy uh, between what some students, teenagers I talk to uh, will lament to me about their parents. So some are so frustrated by their parents' constant involvement and micromanaging of every little part of their life and just let me have some time, some space to myself, leave me alone, right? You know, it's just like, ah, I just want some space. Well, the other day I spoke with a young man um, who has never had a relationship with his dad um, and he told me he can't even imagine talking to his dad because what would he say, right? And so uh, there's a, a spectrum that we encounter and we deal with and we could spend a long time trying to trying to wade through the wide array of, array of experiences we all have with parenting. Uh, the way we parented, how we have been parented, um, our desires to parent. And um, frankly, I can't speak for any one person's experience. I can speak to my experience. Um, but while I don't know everyone's story here today, I do know a story of a father who was and is God and creator of our world. And he sent his son, God in human form, into this imperfect world that we live in. And he lived perfectly and was ultimately put to death by imperfect people. And in his death, our sin, our imperfections as humans were placed upon him. But those sins could not keep him dead, amen? He rose from the dead, claiming the power to extend forgiveness, to extend healing, to extend reconciliation to the imperfect people that he died for. And so this story, this message of redemption is one that offers hope to each and every single one of us, no matter where our story has brought us to. It's hope to find freedom. It's hope to experience grace. It's hope to mend our broken character. It's hope to experience life change. And it's hope to be loved more fully. So there's an invitation on the table today for us to take off our masks, to be real, to be honest, to be vulnerable, and to heal the wounds inflicted to us by our parents, or to walk in repentance for the wounds that we may have inflicted. Richard War once said, if we do not transform our pain, we will most assuredly transmit it. And so truthfully, one of the wisest things any parent or prospective parent can do is to heal the wounds inflicted by their parents, right? And so I would say before anybody were to go read, you know, uh, uh, Parenting for Dummies or uh, Parenting 101 or any sort of tips and trips, tricks book, it would be for us to, to embark on a healing of our hearts and our wounds to allow God to transform our pain so that we don't transmit it. And of course, this goes for all relationships, right? But, uh, you know, the parenting, the child relationship, we see it happen. Pastor John Tyson has a book called Intentional Father I've been reading, and it's a he calls it a practical guide to raise sons of courage and of character. And in it, he teaches uh, fathers this principle. We are called to deal with the brokenness of our past, understand the blessings we have inherited, 
and pass on a legacy of healing to our sons. And so while I joked earlier about Pastor Mark, my dad, um, and his uh, affection for the Florida Gators, um, I'm thankful for my blessings that I have inherited because it was this Florida father who made sure I made it through to graduation at the University of Georgia, right? I'm thankful for a mother who put in a, a discipline towards education and pursuing education, and, and that led me to try my best at the big old University of Georgia, right? And try my hardest. And so I'm thankful for the blessings that I have inherited, and I would imagine that many of us, no matter what our stories are, could point to blessings that we have inherited. But as we understand those blessings we have inherited, we also are called to deal with our brokenness of our past, right? Because our hope and our intention would be to pass on a legacy to those coming. And so um, researchers from the group Barna gave adult sons a chance to describe their father's parenting in their own words, right? I'm gonna read some of these words to you. So here's, when the, you know, here's what my dad got right, all right? And this is looking at fathers, and these are sons talking um, what, what my dad got right. He taught me how to fish, right? Uh, he was on my side no matter what. He was a good provider, sense of humor. That's a good one. Loving, supportive, compassionate, kind, strong worth ethic. He was faithful, fun, honest, taught me right from wrong, always there for me. Now, what my dad got wrong. Once I turned 17, I never saw him again. Not being there for me. Working too much. Not emotionally involved. Didn't show love. Lack of empathy. Angry. Mean, abusive. Too judgmental. Closed-minded. And so as I read through those lists, you may have resonated with some of the good, but also some of the bad, and even begin taking inventory of maybe your own list. And some may be feeling emotions rise, right, as we talk today. And that can be very scary. It is for me a lot of times. And it can be very enticing to then push those feelings back down, right, uh, to bury these feelings um, because Maybe if I ignore it, it won't ruin me and take control of my life. Um, but Fred Rogers, Mr. Rogers, has an encouraging quote for us. And I'm a child who was thankfully uh, impacted greatly by Mr. Rogers. He says, anything that's human is mentionable. And anything that is mentionable can be more manageable. When we can talk about and feel our feelings, they become less overwhelming, less upsetting, and less scary. And so, what you may have encountered in life, if it's human, it's mentionable. And anything mentionable can be more manageable. And so, there's, again, an opportunity, an invitation for us today to mention and allow things, hurts, pains, to become more manageable in our lives. And this rings true no matter where you are at in your story. This rings true no matter where you are at chronologically on this earth, right? So it is never too late to heal 
brokenness, wounds, pain, right? It's never too early to mitigate healing and pain and working through our feelings. So thank you, Mr. Rogers, for giving us permission to feel today, right? As much as we may try to cover up our own hurts and our pain, guess what? The wound still happened. It, it was still inflicted upon us, right? Uh, ignoring it, unfortunately, doesn't just make it go away. And this is true for all types of pain, certainly for pain caused by our parents. And so allowing God to transform our pain helps us to not continue transmitting our pain and helps us become a more healthy and a more whole person operating here in this world. So um, Jeremiah chapter 30 verse 17 says this, I will restore you to health and I will heal, heal your wounds, declares the Lord. I will restore you to health and I will heal your wounds, declares the Lord. And so God, he once buried himself in the endless chaos that is humanity, right? He, he fully immersed himself in all of our brokenness and he rose from it in a glorious uh, perfection, right? And, and when I allow, when we allow God into our pain, when I allow God into my pain, he does the same for me. And so he brings harmony from the debris and from the wreckage of my life. And so what kind of heart does God have towards his people and toward us? It's important that we know and understand God's heart, especially as we think about maybe parenting, our parenting journeys, how we have been parented, um, how we desire to parent. It's, it's important to understand our heavenly father's heart towards us because of wounds that we may have, um, uh, have, have received it could be easy to then project those things onto our Heavenly Father, right? And so what would God's heart be for us? Well, he communicates to the people in, in Israel um, in Isaiah chapter 49, verses 14 through 16. He says, yet Jerusalem says, the Lord has deserted us. The Lord has forgotten us. Anybody relate, right? The Lord, he's deserted me. He's forgotten me. Here's, here's what God responds with. Never can a mother forget her nursing child. Can she feel no love for the child she has born? Even if that were possible, I would not forget you. See, I have written your name on the palms of my hands. Always in my mind is a picture of Jerusalem's walls in ruins. And so to you today, God has not forgotten you. He writes your name on his palms he sees the ruin and the brokenness of your life it is before him. And he, his heart towards you is one of compassion, is one of closeness and nearness. So God has not forgotten you nor abandoned you. And the invitation that Jesus gives that we find in the book of Matthew is available to us. You may be heavy burdened. The hurt that you carry from your parents is heavy and real. The burden that you may feel to parent your children the right way and to not mess it up is real. It's real. And we can feel wrung out. We can feel burned out. We can feel depleted. And we can feel alone. And so in Matthew, we have these words from Jesus. He says, come to me, 
all you that are weary and are carrying your heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and here's what I want you to do. I want you to learn from me. I am gentle, and I am humble in heart. I'm not looking to ridicule you. I'm not looking to beat you down and judge you. I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. There is something powerful about sharing a yoke with Jesus, God, right? So a, a yoke would have been placed on two oxen and, and oftentimes a, a, a weaker oxen, a younger oxen is paired up with a, with a stronger, older one, right? Because, you know, this younger one is, is learning and, and this older one is, is shouldering most of the burden, doing most of the work. And that's our God. That's Jesus. And so when we take his yoke upon us, we are now partnering with Jesus to say, God, I'm asking for you to walk alongside me in this thing called life, right? I'm asking for you to walk alongside me and help carry this burden of healing my pain. Help carry this burden of trying to, to get it right as I parent my child, small, adult, everything in between, right? So um, I love how uh, Eugene Peterson translates this scripture in, in the message translation of the Bible. He worded it this way. He said, are you tired? Are you worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Let the unforced rhythms, learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Isn't that a good promise today? Isn't that powerful today? It says, learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly, I just wonder if there's anybody in the house of God today that desires to live freely and lightly. To learn some rhythms of grace that aren't forced, right? But we're walking with God. Jesus is calling these weary souls to come to him. And what is he promising them? He's promising them relief and rest and refreshment for their souls, every human being situation is unique and I cannot tell you what the journey towards health and wholeness will be for you, but what I can say is Jesus is here for each and every single one of us to guide us through our own journeys. Jesus, and here's the deal, like Henry was saying today, Jesus offers himself to the real us, right? When we take down the mask, not some future version of ourselves, not some cleaned up image of ourselves, hello. But just plain old us, all right? Jesus is offering himself to me just as me is, right? And all my bad grammar. He offers himself to me just as I is. And so I, am, I may be weary, I may be mournful, depressed, anxious, failing, sinful, right? 
But what do we do? We come to him as we are, without any pretense, without anything in our hands to offer but our need and our dependence upon Jesus. We ask him to convert our longing into reality, right? We ask him to transform our sorrows into joys, to remove the guilt of sin by his blood and to give new life to those who may just be barely hanging on. Jesus is saying in this passage of scripture, hey, I'm over here. I'm right here. Come to me. You who are needy. You who are broken. You who are worn out. You who have been wounded. Come to me. And so if you're working yourself to death trying to fix your life, uh, or if your life is just so weighed down and so heavy by things that are outside of your control, that your life is heavy laden by things outside of your control, Jesus, what does he do? He calls him, he calls you to himself. He calls you to himself. And is that not just amazing? Can we just for a moment pause and just think about how amazing that is that Here we have Jesus, who is Lord in heaven above and on earth below. He is the creator and sustainer of the universe. He upholds the universe by the word of his power. He's the creator of all things. And what is this Jesus doing? He is offering himself to who? To the worn out to the pressed down, to the weary, to the burden, to the needy. Jesus could have offered himself to the mighty, to the strong, to the powerful, to the impressive. But where does he go? Jesus goes to the needy. Jesus goes to the lowly, to the people who can't figure life out and don't know what else to do or where else to go. He offers himself. Jesus offers rest. Now, as a parent of two, and me and Anna, uh, my wife, we are excited to announce we have a third on the way coming in September. Thank you. That promise of rest makes me want to shout glory, glory, hallelujah. Right? Unfortunately, if we exegete this passage properly, this is not a uh, promise of physical rest. And there are no amount of naps that can equal what Jesus is offering in this scripture, all right? This is a rest, not for my body, but for my soul. And deep inside my soul, there's a need no amount of physical rest can alleviate. There are regrets that just won't fade away. And there are wounds that time just won't heal. And so what does Jesus have for me in the midst of that? Rest to the deepest, uttermost part of my soul. Rest to the deepest, most uttermost part of your soul. Past the imperfections, down to the inner fabric of your being, Jesus offers you a rest from your hurts, from your heavy burdens, and he just says, hey, throw this yoke on. Let me do the work. Let me walk with you. Let me strengthen you. So Hebrews chapter four, verses 14 through 16, says this. 
Since then, we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus. Who? He's the Son of God. All right? Let us hold fast to our confession. Y'all, I'm holding fast to my confession of faith. Right? For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who in every respect has been tested as we are yet without sin, yet without imperfection. Let us, therefore, what are we going to do? Approach the throne of grace with boldness so that we may receive mercy, so that we may find grace to help in the time of need. So I'm gonna seek out Jesus as I think about the imperfect family, the imperfect situations I find myself in life today. This isn't limited to family. This isn't limited to parenting, but we're using that lens to help us see that Jesus is stepping down into our brokenness and he says, come to me. And he offers grace and he offers mercy to the ones that have gotten it wrong, to the ones who have been wronged. He offers grace and he offers mercy. There's healing for the wounds that we can pick up an easier yoke, right? Instead of being burdened and held down by the yoke of our regret, by the yoke of our pain, by the yoke of our, of our wounds that we can walk in healing and wholeness and health and stop transmitting pain but begin transmitting love and grace and legacy into the next generations and to the people around us. God is just that good. Jesus is just that good of a friend. The Holy Spirit is just that powerful working in our lives. God established family. He put into motion parents having and raising children. It's the system that we live in. And we have done it imperfectly at times. But with the help of Jesus, we work towards being better through his gentle and through his humble nature. And I don't know what your journey with your parents was like or what your experience was or is as a parent currently. And you know, there's mistakes, right? There's mistakes. And then there's mistakes. And so there's some of us who have really been wounded. And there are some of us who may have really wounded. And I just feel like I want to call attention to some folks who may feel the real heaviness of this message today. So to those who have been on the receiving end of a parent's abuse or neglect, as a pastor here, I hold space for your experience. I acknowledge your pain. I hope you would feel safe and loved in our community of faith. I want you to know that what happened to you wasn't okay. And that we stand with you. And that Jesus stands with you. And now to those who may have acted neglectfully and abusively as parents, 
whatever the reason may be. The first step is repentance. It's asking God for forgiveness. It's reaching out to a Jesus whose heart is not limited to what we deserve. Another step is making amends where necessary while realizing that walking in forgiveness and reconciliation to God does not erase earthly implications for our actions. And this is all heavy and this is all real and this is the world we live in. But here's this Jesus, our faithful high priest, and he invites us to come to him. And this morning is not meant to be a full course meal, but rather a starter, a nudge for some of us to begin walking with Jesus as we take steps to heal our imperfect parenting experiences. And so currently here at the church, we have freedom groups in session. These groups are 13 week journeys to embrace the truth of God's word as it relates to your past, as it relates to your sin, as it relates to your personal value to God, to your purpose in the kingdom of God. This could be a tangible next step for you in light of today's message. But please, please, if you feel impacted by the message today in a way that needs an accompanying action, don't delay. Whether it's prayer, whether it's seeking counseling, whether it's encouragement, or even if it's just a hug. Please don't bury what you might be feeling. If it's human, it's mentionable. If it's mentionable, it's manageable. Let's begin to manage the feelings that we have, the hurts we may have. Let's begin to heal and transform our pain in light of the mercy and the grace so freely offered to us. And can we commit to being a church that supports and champions parents? Amen? Who's with me? Let's build up the next generation together. Many parents have experienced lots of judgment and even backhanded comments, right? Um, in regards to decisions as parents, when Let's be honest, they're just trying to do their best. Those of you who have been a parent, you're trying to do your best oftentimes, right? And it's hard when you feel maybe um, ridiculed or, or judged or told, you know, uh, you're doing this wrong or you should do this differently. I wonder if we could speak a word of hope and encouragement to parents and to families around us, right? Realize that maybe I don't know the full situation, right? Maybe I don't know someone's full story, and so I should be careful with my words. I saw a video on the internet of a preacher during his sermon telling a mama she needed to keep her child quiet because the man of God was preaching, and he was rude about it. And she quit back that her son had autism, and he still wasn't having it. And that mama rightfully defended her child's behavior and his value as an image bearer and as a child of God. And I'd like to have a word with that preacher to remind him of the Jesus he's preaching about. The one who said, let the children come to me. Do not forbid them. Amen? We are a church that loves little children here, right? <laughs> who wants to see little ones running around, having fun, smiling, playing, right? 
we've got a mother's room, right? And, but that's for the convenience of mothers. We, it, listen, no matter who you are, wh- how, how young or, or how old, listen, you're not, you're not gonna um, uh, throw us off by any child uh, in the service uh, speaking out, you know, uh, crying here and there. We welcome families. We support families. We champion little children. We love the sounds of the little ones. Do not forbid them to come, right? Come to Jesus today. It's a beautiful thing. And we get to operate as agents of change, as people who say, listen, we're setting the culture here. We're setting what we value and what is important to us. And we're partnering with, with parents to raise the next generation. I'm so thankful that I don't have to raise Oliver and Esme and pray for us for names. We asked Oliver if he had any names for our third child that's on the way, and he told us Spider-Man. So, so, so I'm so thankful I don't have to raise Oliver, Esme, and Spider-Man by myself, right? That me and Anna don't have to do that on our own, right? We have a, an incredible faith community here that's supporting us. And it's, it's a beautiful thing. It's powerful, right? As somebody who was born into this church, I recognize I'm, I'm here because of the grace of God, wonderful parents, right, who did their best, but also many of you in this room, right? Mickey Joyner's Sunday school class, Dan and Didi's prayer group, they used to pray in the nursery, right, back when, back when we were little, and that's why many of us are just so fiery, you know? Um, it's the result of community saying, let's invest in the next generation. Let's encourage those who are doing their best to raise their families in whatever situation that may be. And let's all come to Jesus with everything that is us. Fully honest, open and real. Knowing that he has the power to change, he has the power to love and to forgive, to extend healing to us. I wanna invite you, if you would, to stand with me. I'm gonna pray and we're gonna sing in response to the message today. So if you would, if you bow your heads. Heavenly Father, we thank you for today. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to be here, Jesus. God, we thank you for your invitation. Lord, we thank you for sending your son, Jesus, in human form into our imperfect world, God, to show us what perfection looks like. Jesus, I thank you for your invitation to the weary, to the heavy laden, to those burdened, God, for those carrying uh, pain and hurt inside of them, God. I thank you for the invitation to come to you to find rest for our weary souls. Jesus, I pray for those who would be here today who would say, I am that person. I am heavy laden. God, I pray that they would know that you have not forgotten about them, that you love them, that you are near to the brokenhearted. God, Lord, we thank you um, for, for extending your grace and your healing and your mercy to those of us today. And God, I pray that we would allow you to transform our pain so that we don't transmit it, Father God. I pray that we would find grace for the areas of our life and the times where we did transmit our pain to those around us, Jesus. God, I'm praying for healthy and whole souls to come in this room today, Father God. I am thank you 
for a journey of healing taking place, Father God. We love you, Jesus, and we come to you today. We sing out in response to this message today, coming to you, Father God, humbly with our mask down, recognizing our need of you, Jesus. We love you today. today. Thank you for your saving grace. Thank you for your mercy, God. God, I'm asking for life transformation, Lord. Rest for souls today, Jesus. God, we take up your yoke. In Jesus' name.
Amen. Will you open up your hands to receive? I want to pray a blessing over you today. And just as a reminder, please, if you need to take a next step, we want to help. We want to guide you. If you need prayer today, come receive prayer. If you need encouragement, come be encouraged. Well, Heavenly Father, we thank you. And I thank you for those who are here today, Lord, and I pray that they would just have an incredible week, that they would find rest for their souls. And I speak the blessing over each of you today, that the Lord would bless you and he would keep you, and the Lord would cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you, and that the Lord would lift up the light of his countenance on you and give you his peace. In Jesus' name, everybody said a good amen. God bless you.